Let's talk about prayer for a minute. Are you guys intimidated to pray out loud? Do you know anyone that prays uh, as a student at any time at school? Have you ever seen God answer a prayer specifically? Have you guys ever seen anything specific, like a specific answer when you prayed about something? I'm just curious. What's the most confusing thing to you about prayer? What is the most confusing thing to you about prayer? What is the most confusing thing to you about prayer? What's the most confusing thing to you? Is there anything confusing about prayer to you? Prayer can be confusing, and it can evoke many questions from people, especially students. But there is one question that stands out as the top question students are asking about prayer. You'll find out that question today. I'm Jeff Eckert. I'm Jason Brewer. And this is The Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. Hey, we're glad you guys are with us today on the Thought Factory podcast. We're excited to get into what we're going to talk about today. But first, a lot of the research that we use, uh, that we do ourselves with thousands of students across the country, uh, we base a lot of the content on what we're actually hearing firsthand from students. And we've created what we've called Adolescence in the Church Trend Report 2018. We want to get you a copy of that. So, Jason, what do they need to do to get that? They need to go to neverthesame.org slash podcast and fill out a survey. We want to know about you, who's listening, where you guys are coming from, your involvement with students. And really, fill that out. You get the trend report for free. All right. And that'll take you like 20 seconds. 20 seconds. So we want to thank the first 10. We mentioned this in the last segment. The first 10 downloads we actually mailed them a physical copy of this trend report, a really nice, uh, cool, slick version of it. So thank you for doing that. Now let's talk about what's going to happen when you think this episode is over. Actually, this season we're doing something a little different. We're throwing in a bonus segment. It's called trickery. You think it's all done, but really there's more. There's more. So stick around to the end, hear about what we're talking about. We can't wait to do that as well. The last episode we talked about what students are thinking when it comes to prayer. Hopefully you go back and listen to that. These are kind of companion segments here, specifically the last episode and this one. And then the next one kind of bridges off into that a little bit. We're going to talk about politicizing schools. Ouch. Yes. Schools, school safety, and a little bit of gun control. Mm, we're going to hear directly from students and hear their thoughts about safety and gun control when it comes to school. Pretty hot topic these days. So you're going to hear from students um, on our next episode. Now, speaking of hearing students... Man, we're going to hear a lot from a lot of students in this episode as well as they're giving us their thoughts directly about what they think about prayer. What is the most confusing thing to you about prayer? I think the most confusing part is how to say it. Like, how to ask God what you want to ask Him. Because, I mean, I know He already knows, but, like, we don't know how to get it out, I guess. I agree with her. You don't really know the words until you start praying, until God starts moving through you and gives you the words to say. You see, like, your church leaders, like, they have these long prayers, which there's no problem with that, but, like, they do these, like, lengthy prayers, and, like, they pour their hearts into it, and, like, when you pray, like, you're asking yourself, am I doing it right? I think it's just, like, trying to get, trying just to talk to him and, like, get the right words out. It's trying to say, like, the right things for him to understand what you're trying to say, because, like... Sometimes you'll just like say, God, hey, um, can you help me with this situation because something's going wrong and I need it to be fixed. 
Well, he has a plan and you have to try and say the right words. One question that we really wanted to focus on in this episode is the question that we asked them, which of these would you like to understand more about prayer? One of the answers was, what is it? Second one was, how does it work? Answer three was, am I saying the right things? And D was, why doesn't God seem to answer? So we had four options and they really honed in on two of them specifically. The question of, am I saying the right things and why doesn't God seem to answer? And as a part of our research, what's unique is we not only hear from students, we also hear from adults and what adults think that their own students are saying. We're going to get back to that in a minute because of all the research we've done so far, this one really stands out as a major difference in what adults are thinking that students uh, are, are believing about things. But Jason, you mentioned this. So this question we asked students, which of these would you like to understand more about prayer? You said those two things, am I saying the right thing? So about 49% of students. And then why doesn't God seem to answer my prayers? Is that around 38%. So we're going to talk about those today. Between the two answers, it came to 87% of the students responded with one of these answers. The answer, the top answer was, am I saying the right things? They're basically wondering, when I talk to God, am I using the right words? Am I saying the right things? Am I, is he listening to me to even care because I'm saying the right things? 49% said that. But when we asked this, the adults, Really, there was only 5% of adults thought that students were saying that or asking that. 81% thought they were more interested in asking the question, why doesn't God seem to answer? Okay, youth workers, youth pastors, parents, pay attention right here. This is big because what we as adults seem to think that students want to know about is why isn't God answering our prayers? In fact, their number one answer is, am I saying the right things when I pray. That goes back to our last episode and saying, what are we doing to show students the fundamentals? And we got into some really specific ways and things that we can do, those of us that work with students in our ministry culture, even at home, ways that we can show them some of these fundamental ways. Because what we talked about last time, Jason, was like how none of us really, a lot of us weren't really taught how to pray. And students were wanting to know, am I saying the right things when I pray? And fundamentals go beyond... All right, so when you pray, you got to bow your head, close your eyes, fold your hands. I think that's um, something that I try to teach my boys, mainly because they're more interested in playing with Legos and eating their meal while we're trying to pray. So it kind of controls the situation, but it's really not a key fundamental. You're talking more of, of how we approach God fundamentally. Knowledge is power when it comes to prayer. So the more you understand about prayer, the more you can really know how to pray. I know that sounds simple, but one of the foundational things that I've learned in the last few years is this idea of what I call 360-degree prayer. And here's how that works. If you can imagine uh, on a piece of paper in your mind's eye, imagine a circle, and at the top of that circle, you have God the Father. The right-hand side of that circle on the outside of the circle is the Holy Spirit, and then at the bottom of that circle on the outside is you, and then on the left side of that circle is Jesus Christ, the Son. If you imagine, this is a cycle of prayer. And so what Scripture teaches us is that it all comes from God the Father, and it's all for His glory. You see that in the life and teachings of Jesus, and He wants to bring glory to His Father. So all the information, all the heart, all the knowledge in the world, it all stems from God the Father. And that is delivered to us, as Paul talks about in Corinthians, where the Holy Spirit 
on the right side of that circle brings us and gives us the heart of the Father to help us to know uh, what God wants us to know about himself. And then what we do is we take that information that God, through the Holy Spirit, the Father is giving us, and we take that back to him in prayer. And Romans 8, Paul also writes that the Son is right now interceding for us before the Father. So what we're doing as we're part of that 360-degree prayer is we're taking the heart of the Father given to us by the Holy Spirit, and we're praying that back, and we're joining the Son and taking that back to God the Father as we pray. So there's a couple of things to think about in just this foundational understanding of prayer. Number one is that prayer begins and ends with God. A lot of times I think we approach prayer and we think, well, it's going to originate in my heart, and it should. In fact, the best prayer, the most effective way to pray is when we're taking our needs before God, but we're doing it with an understanding of what the Holy Spirit is helping us to know about the heart of God and what He cares about. Because really, that's ultimately what it's about. And what prayer is about is not our own will, but the will of God. You know, Jesus prayed that in the garden at the end of His life. Not my will, when He's praying to the Father, but your will be done. So in this 360-degree concept, it begins and ends with prayer. And also notice that the majority of the activity of prayer the Godhead, God himself. And we get to be a part of it. We're invited into that. We're not equal with God in this, but we're invited into this cycle where we can join him and take the knees before God. Now think about that basic understanding of prayer and think about your own prayer life and then bring that into your relationship and leadership with students. Are you teaching them that prayer begins and ends with God? And this teaching was back in a previous episode, this idea of this 360-degree concept of prayer. So if you want to hear an extended version of this teaching, you can go back to episode 212 and find a really, a very in-depth uh, description of what Jeff is talking about, where there's this 360 degree concept in prayer. So you can find it on episode 212 if you want to take a listen. What is the most confusing thing to you about prayer? How you're supposed to pray. Sometimes I just pray and I don't know what to pray about. For me to try not to make it sound demanding to God because he should be asking things of us, not us for him. I feel like it's how to ask him for certain things. Because like he said, you don't want it to sound demanding like I need this, but you still want him to like help you with it. So. Um, for me, it's usually finding the words to say because I can think about what I want to say all I want, but then when I get into like dear God and then I just struggle to find the words sometimes uh, when you pray to God you think that you're asking for the right thing when in reality you're not and you never get that prayer answered for me I would say the hardest part about prayer is knowing the fact that like sometimes I feel like God can't hear me or that it's not like I'm or I'm not saying the right things to him or I'm not asking for the right things or I'm not praying for the right things because you 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 know sometimes when a prayer went right but sometimes you don't uh, I think that it's kind of confusing that some of the stuff you ask for comes true like becomes true and some of it doesn't for me it's um, pretty much how he answers and how he does it and really how he responds. It's confusing to me. 
So we've heard from the students, we've listened to them specifically, we've looked at the stats and they're wondering, am I saying the right thing? We're also seeing them ask the question, why isn't God answering? And Jeff and I, you you and I, we've talked about this before we recorded this episode as we were discussing uh, what this episode may look like. And we looked at the stats and, you know, we obviously look at both of those questions and, and kind of see a correlation as well. Like saying the right thing may not be the root answer, but it may have a connection to why God isn't answering. And, and as we've talked about it, we had... Um, somebody that's been on the, the board of, of the prayer committee, uh, come over, Tim Eldred and share with the staff about prayer and his, what he's going through in prayer and his thoughts. And it was very encouraging, but this came up again of asking God, why do you not answer some of the prayers that I have and why some are answered? And it's that, that why, like just simply as human nature asking, why does it happen? And you, you shared a thought that I thought was very intriguing. You know, there's this old saying, it's like, how often does God answer prayer? What's the percentage? And, you know, it's a trick question because it's 100%. Right. He always answers. It might not always be yes. But what do we do with those passages where Jesus was talking with his disciples in John 14 and 15 several times in that discourse where John gives us uh, very lengthy statements made by Jesus where he says to his disciples, ask whatever you will and I'll do it. He says that over and over. And I think... For me, and we've talked about this in our staff prayer times uh, for years, it's like, what do we do with that? Because we read that, and we hear that promise that Jesus makes to his disciples, and we see that promise in Scripture, and we go, okay. And I definitely haven't seen that in my life. Like, you know, I've asked for things and definitely not seen him do what I've asked. Sometimes he does the opposite. And so how does a promise like that ring true? How do we understand what Jesus is saying there? And for me... The conversation that we just had recently, like you mentioned with Tim Eldred, and in my own personal life, my own personal prayer life, I just felt like even a few weeks ago, God really gave me what I felt like is an answer that I'm very content with in trying to understand that. Because I know many, many people have um, have seen that as a roadblock in their faith and their prayer life because they, they hear those words, ask whatever you wish and I'll do it, and they say, well, then prayer really doesn't work or that promise isn't true or I'm not praying right or something. And and here's here's what I would say, and this is a conversation we had, is again, let, let's just step back and look at how we read Scripture. When you read Scripture, you, you need to remember and understand that, that the Bible was not written to us, but it was written for us. In other words, when John wrote this gospel from which we're taking these statements that Jesus made, he wasn't thinking, oh, Jeff and Jason in 2018, I'm writing this for them. He, but the scripture is is to us. It's just not for us. So when we read it, first of all, just think and imagine you're sitting in that circle and Jesus is there with his disciples at the end of his life and, and time of ministry with them before he was crucified and resurrected. And he's saying to them, listen, guys, I've been with you three years. We've gone through a lot together. And when you pray, ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. And think about the context of that conversation and Jason, you and I were talking about it, and we've been friends for many, many years. And the times that, that I've probably even said to you, and I know you said to me, because we run this deep, we've said, hey, if you need something, let me know. We've mm-hmm. been through a lot of ups and downs in our lives. We've been through tragedies together. And we've said that, like, whatever you need, you know, let me know, and you got it. And that statement is based on a relationship. It's based on trust. It's based on an understanding 
This is based on a history of, of where your heart is at and your capability as well. That's right. So you wouldn't come to me and say, hey, Jeff, I need a... A mini horse. Yeah. <laughs> or I need a Learjet or a million dollars. You know, like those are things. And, and I know like every analogy ultimately breaks down. But like when you think about our, our relationship with God and the Father and understanding the words of Jesus, it's like, uh, are we really praying in context? Are we really understanding? Like, again, going back to the 360 concept are we understanding the heart the nature the goodness of god so that when we go before him in prayer it's like i said earlier knowledge is power when you know the heart of the father then you know what you can ask you know what is appropriate you know what um his desire is and i think that's an important part yeah in context when you say something like that to me and if i'm grieving or something my mind isn't going, what is the most that I can get out of this relationship, out of Jeff? Can I get him to empty his bank account because I'm grieving and he has a soft heart? Like, that's just not how this relationship works. But I, I can understand where you are coming from when you say that. So that when I find a need that I'm like, man, I could go to Jeff and I can ask him. And I know he will he will provide because he has that heart for me in this situation. So it, it's that context of conversation that we need to kind of understand a little bit more when we are approaching the Father. And, and that context, we, we can understand the heart of God when we are in Scripture and we know what he's about. It's also, to me, very clear throughout the teachings of Jesus and throughout what we see as examples throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament, that that prayer is, a lot of times, it's a vetting process. And what I mean by that is that when we pray about something, Jesus instructs us several times, keep on asking. He talks about in Luke 18, the persistent widow, and other times where we're instructed to, to keep asking. And I think the reason for that, in my opinion, as I understand God in Scripture, is that as we pray, we when we ask over and over, it refines us. It helps us to have more of a clarity and knowledge. And I often use the example around our staff, and we kind of joke about it, but I have a 13-year-old, and she asks literally for something every day. Now, I remember one day coming home, and she came home from school, and she was like, just out of the blue, Dad, I need a gallon of glue. And I was like, what are you talking about? And, and then I found out it was for slime. She was part of the slime craze. And then the next day, it's like, Dad, can I, um, you know, can I have a microphone, or can I have a dog? Like, I hear the dog thing a lot, by the way, even though we have a dog. But like, no, it's, not that dog. Yeah, it's different all the time. I remember one of my daughters saying to me once, uh, out of the blue, hey, how much are season passes to Cedar Point? It's this amusement park. Just out of the blue, that was the first thing she said. And I'm like, I don't know how much season passes are, but I bet that you do. <laughs> and so it's pretty obvious what she was trying to get out there. But like the point is, I know with my 13-year-old still to this day that typically I get a different daily request. And what I know as her dad is, she doesn't really care about that much unless she keeps asking for it. And if I know that it's something she really wants and it's not damaging to her and I have the resources, of course I'll do it. But like, if I'm going to get a different request every day, I'm just going to wait her out you know, until she changes her mind because I know she really doesn't care. So that's the thing about prayer is that it's a vetting process, I think, for us. And I think that's the reason why God wants us to keep asking because it's not conniving or convincing God as much as it's helping us to understand ourselves and what really burns deep within us that we're calling to God about. And we know that God is a good father and he's going to give good gifts. He's not going to give us a, a stone if we're asking for bread. And 
and a snake or a scorpion if we're asking for fish like the things that we need on a daily basis he, he understands what we need um, but he also knows our motives when we're asking as well and so when there is a, a motive that's outside of the heart of God he's already aware of that and in tune with that and so there's a there's a fatherly aspect of him going I I know you're not asking for the right reason and I know that can either harm you or pull you away from me or uh, it may it may not occur until five years down the road, but I know what could occur. Uh, I don't know. There, There's so many reasons that God answers prayer with a no that I have no idea why, uh, but I just kind of relent and say, you're, you're God and I'm not. And so I'm going to, I'm going to just relent, relinquish really some of my desires because you know me better than I know me. That's right. I, th- I think that so often it's really about trust. Really, it's it's it is about trust. It's it's this idea that God, we trust you. I think I think when we're talking with skeptics and talking with people that maybe are struggling with doubt, we just have to step back with them and say. And all of us have been there. We've all doubted, but we all have to step back and say, Do we really believe in this God that is a good Father that the Scripture talks about and that He loves us? And then if He does, we have to go back when we're not when we're not getting maybe what we our expectations are when we pray. We have to stop and go. Why is that? And do we really trust God with the outcome? And I think that's the thing to help ourselves as well as the students that we work with is going, it really is about trust. So again, when you are talking with students or you're thinking yourself and they're saying, you know, why doesn't God seem to answer? Well, he does. A lot of times we just don't stop and really pray with knowledge, pray with wisdom, pray with understanding. And then as you're saying, Jason, that extra step is really trusting him for the outcome and the results. Essentially, out of the discussion that we've had on prayer, we ultimately want you as leaders to teach the fundamentals, but also allow the students to experience the fundamentals of prayer. When it comes to prayer, it's more about experience than just teaching or assuming. Assuming that the students know how to pray and then just kind of giving them an opportunity to pray right before you open up the doors for your your gathering or something like that. But teach them about prayer, but also create an experience for them so that there is deeper meaning to why you are are gathering and and really seeking God in what you're doing. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org. So, thanks for sticking with us. We're going to jump into the bonus round here and give you some pretty exciting updates. We have something really amazing to announce today about Claim Your Campus 2020. It is still on July 4th. It's still on July 4th. It's still in the year 2020. That's it. And it's in Lacine, Kansas. We talked about that last week. Yep. The most central place to every school campus in America we want to talk about that more in the future, but we want to talk today about our first artist that signed up to jump in on this event. We're going to be announcing many artists. There's a lot of information out there we're going to be sharing, but but we didn't even approach this artist. That's part of the miracle is that they heard about Claim Your Campus 2020 right at this at the beginning stages before it was even really totally formal and official, and they said, we want to be there because we believe in this idea of gathering students from 10,000 schools to hear about how important it is to reach their campus for Christ, to pray, to share their faith, to serve. And um, so we want to talk to you about who that is, this band, this artist. And we don't even, we know 
the people that know the band, but we don't know them personally at this point in a sense where they, like you said, they approached us without having this, this, uh, direct relationship with us. It was through somebody else that we know. And by sharing what's, what the vision is of 2020, they were like, we want to be on board. Yeah, that's that's really part of the miracle. And you're going to be hearing these bonus segments, all these miracle stories and moments that are happening over and over because a band of this magnitude, and they're just about ready as this is released to drop a new album, which is going to be probably the biggest album in Christian music this year. Um, so the band is for King and Country. We're excited to have those guys with us in 2020. Very excited. And they, they believe in what we're doing. They believe in this objective to reach schools and reach campuses and ultimately to help students understand God's love. So we hope you check them out. Uh, if you don't know this band, many of you do. They are just, they're huge. They're amazing. Um, but for King & Country, we want to thank those guys for their belief in what this is about and for their belief in students. To really just initially get on board without knowing much more. I mean, this this event is fairly new. I mean, we've been working on it for a couple of years now, or almost a couple of years now. But for broadcasting it to other people, this is fairly new to those those people. And for them to just jump on board in the beginning, I mean, that says a lot. Yeah, so Claim Your Campus 2020 is the event. And the website where you can learn more and you can stay in the information loop if you want is claimyourcampus.com slash CYC2020. 